Thank you for listening today on Podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Feel free to check us out at podcastwithpastorlarry.com. In just a moment, Pastor Larry will be teaching us a constant truth from God's Word to help us in this always changing world. You can always find more teaching with Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number four, others. That would be Freedom Church for others. Now, let's get to learning the Bible to live the Bible with Pastor Larry. Hey, good afternoon, folks. This is Pastor Larry with Freedom Ministries. Hope that you're doing well today. It is Thursday, September the 8th. And thanks for being a part of this Bible study. We're going to continue studying living the Christ life. And you know what? It's all about Jesus, isn't it? As a Christian, this sums up our entire life. It is all about Jesus. What is your life? It's all about Jesus. Hey, thanks for being a part of this. If you're on Facebook, don't forget to hit the like, share, and subscribe button. Please hit that like button. Every time you do this, this helps the algorithm and helps us get the word out, puts us in a greater category of letting the word of God and this social media through podcasts and through Facebook get out and have a broader span. All right. So please do that. Also, if you're on um, podcast with podcast with pastorlary.com, thanks for being a part of that and listening in. Hey, we're going to jump right in and be a part of this study together. That's what we've been doing. We've been together learning this truth about living the Christ life. And we're going to jump back in into Colossians chapter 2. I want to show you a very incredible verse, and I hope that you'll go there with me. So if you're ready, hey, grab that cup of coffee. Maybe it's water, maybe it's tea. Maybe you only have a short moment at work. Or maybe you're not at work at all. Maybe this will be a different time of the day for you. That's awesome. Thanks for being a part of this. Let's look up some scripture together. Colossians 2.6. We've studied this verse out a little bit, and we've kind of honed in on it for quite a bit. But I think it merits us going back to this thought. Paul said in Colossians 2.6, it is such a beautiful verse. Paul said, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. So what we've learned is that the same basis in which you started the Christian life is the same way you live the Christian life, right? How you start is how you live. And it's so true. And a lot of times we get maybe caught up in our religious duties or maybe the church that we're a part of denominationally wise or other things. And we forget and lose track of our purpose and our design and who God's called us to be. To be. And the real reason that we came to Christ to begin with. Remember, Colossians 2.6 says, As you therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, how did you do it? You did it by faith. So Paul then says, so walk you in him. See, God doesn't change the rules after you get saved. No, 
He doesn't. He doesn't change the rules after you get saved. See, it was all about trusting Jesus completely when you got saved. So how's that going today? Are you still trusting Jesus completely? Yes, I'm talking about even when things are not good. Yep, bad diagnosis from the doctor. Yep, kids are acting up. Job isn't going well. I'm talking about even when things are dark in your life, you're just at a bad place mentally or emotionally. I'm talking about us, you and I, and other believers, Christians, trusting Christ completely. See, here's the thing. Satan has a goal. God has a goal, and that is for him to live his life through you and I. But Satan has a goal too. Now listen to this. Satan has a goal to corrupt your mind. He desires to get you and I off of the program. In other words, get us sidetracked on all the other things that do not help equip us or grow us closer in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Paul said, but I fear. Now think about this. Paul is about to let us know there is something that we and he was concerned about for the church because he's writing to the church at Corinth. He's writing to a group of believers. And notice what he says. Listen to this. He says, but I fear that somehow as the serpent, talking about Satan, deceived Eve through his trickery, so your minds may be led astray, check this phrase out now, from the simplicity that is in Christ. He uses the word simplicity. Is Christ simple? No. Is the Bible simple? No. But there is something about this life that we have in Christ and the simplicity of it. This is not rocket science. The issue is, are we living unto Christ and allowing him, Christ, to live in and through us in that simplicity? Or are we just trying our best and we're just pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps? Oh, we're giving our earnest. That's awesome. But then it is still you trying to live the Christ life. That doesn't work. And so Satan, he wants you and I busy. Yes, busy, active. Yep, even serving Jesus. But he doesn't mind those things as long as he can trick you and I through our minds thinking that we can do it in our fleshly power and strength right? Because he knows, Satan knows that eventually we're going to burn out. We're going to flip out or just run out of steam. And maybe this is where you are. Maybe you just feel that where you are in your journey and in your relationship with Christ, that you're experiencing those moments right now. 
See, Satan wants to complicate this whole thing, and he does it through life, just living life, experiences and problems and family and work issues and career and education and all these things which have their place. The only problem is Satan can have us chasing and trying to fix all those things without realizing that in the process, we aren't getting any closer to our Savior. He wants to move us, as Paul said, from the simplicity that is in Christ. And when you go back to Colossians 2.6, just as these Colossian believers, Paul said, I want you to remember this key phrase, as you have therefore received Christ by faith, that's the way you live this life, by faith. And Satan wants to convince us in our minds that our basis of our life and ministry and our whole Christian life is based on other things. For instance, Satan wants to convince you and I that our Christian life is based on our performance. Yeah, Satan wants, again, Paul said, I want to warn you. He says, I fear lest the serpent has beguiled you or tricked you. And he does that in our mind, us thinking that there is another way to live the Christ life. And so Paul says this in Colossians 2.8. Remember, Satan wants to convince you and I that our life is based on our performance. And so Paul said in Colossians 2.8, beware lest anyone captivate you through philosophy and vain deceit into the traditions of men and the elementary principles of the world and not after Christ. You know, all Satan is trying to do is get you to chase other things. Get your mind off of Jesus. Get your mind off the Word. Get your mind off of Christ. See, not after Christ. That's what Paul said. This is what Satan wants to do. And many times believers are trying to perform to other people's expectation. Okay, Paul said, beware lest anyone through philosophy and vain deceit and the tradition of men. You know, I think that's the trap today, especially in America. Paul said, through the elementary principles of the world, the rudiments of the world. You know, the criterion for measuring success by the world standard is production and performance. How well are you performing and producing? And so the results are from stats and numbers. But do you realize that the world's ideology and view of success has nothing to do with your salvation? Zero. And as you can see, it's easy for us to try and start mimicking the world's approach 
to the Christ life. And you know what we find? We find complete disappointment because this performance-based attitude has infiltrated, it has infiltrated the church and the Christian, right? You know, this even happens in the church realm. Pastors will often greet one another. They'll often greet one another with, hey, how many of you are running? How many of y'all got at the church now? What's your budget for the year? Or how many baptisms did you have last year? And the and and those may be okay questions, but the initial beginning of the conversation already is driving the motive and the heart and the mind. Let's just focus on numbers. Instead of how many people are growing closer to Jesus, are disciples being right? Are disciples being created? Are there faithful, committed followers of Jesus? What's your discipleship program like? Are people studying the Bible together? Are people coming together to worship the Lord? Are you serving in the community where you are throughout the week? Instead of things like that, we want to know more. How many are in the building? You know, I don't think that's our best. And it goes back to us again being only focused on performance. See, our concept in the church sometimes can be tied to production and performance. But that's a straw man, isn't it? That's a straw man that we built. Paul, the Apostle Paul, the greatest church planner and missionary in the Bible, never mentions any of these things. He just never does. His concern, Paul and Jesus too, right, was always on the spiritual health. See, Paul wrote to not all of his letters, but a lot of his letters were written to churches. And Paul's focus in letters were about the spiritual health of the church. I don't mean the building. I mean the body of Christ. And for many, you know, they have a drive, and it's kind of off of a purpose-driven mentality. And it kind of becomes the guise for ministry and the Christian. You know, there was a great missionary, and you ought to read about great missionaries, and you ought to be you ought to be read up about some autobiographies of great men and women who have gone on to reach unreached people groups, even in years past and even currently. One that I want to mention to you is by the name of Adoniram Judson. Adoniram Judson. This guy was on the mission field, and it was seven years before he ever had someone come to know Christ. You know, by church standards today, um, he wouldn't be a success story. But isn't he? 
he reached someone for Christ. And of course, if you know about this individual and about his life, the fact is he reached a lot of people and changed the area where he was through Christ. But you know, he had seven years before anyone trusted Christ as their Savior. You know what? Instead of being performance-driven, we need to be Christ-driven. What if Adoniram Judson, what if he would have said, you know, I've been at this for six years, and there's been no fruit, and he quit. What if it had been five, or even on the precipice of seven years before this one person, before it started, and he would have quit? then he would have made no impact eternally. You know, we not only do this in our church and in our ministry at times, but we do the same thing in our Christian living. And I have to read my Bible enough. I have to pray enough. I have to witness faithfully enough and etc. And the list kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Then all of a sudden we start realizing I can't measure up to the task at hand. Instead of saying, you know, I'm going to spend some quality time with the Lord today. Regardless of the time allotment. Because not every day may lend for you to spend a copious amount of time. So instead of thinking about the quantity, maybe you should focus on the quality. Hey, I'm spending time with my Savior right now. And in prayer, hey, I got to talk to somebody today. Yesterday I didn't, but I got to talk to somebody today about the Lord. Awesome. Now, our desire and drive should want to be to do those things on a daily basis. But are you measuring the success of your Christian life on how well you do it or that you do it? And so it's so important, and it's almost as we, if we go back to what we just previously studied, is I got to be doing something for God instead of unto Christ. It's almost as if we have this internal to-do list, and boy, if I don't check off the task list and get every box checked, God's not going to be happy with me. Well, where do you find that out in Scripture? So it's important for us. See, God never intended for us to focus on our performance and our production. What we should be focused on is what verse 8 says of Colossians 2. He said, if I can repeat it, beware lest anyone captivate you or spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. In your Bible, when you see that word spoil, that word spoil doesn't mean to make someone rotten, like a parent would with a child or a grandparent would with their grandchildren. This isn't what we're talking about. That's not what the word means. When Paul uses the word spoil, It literally means to lead away. It means to take away, captivate, 
right? That's the word that Paul used. But lead away from what? Well, Paul said at the end of verse 8, and not after Christ. This is Satan's goal, to lead us away and captivate us so they're not, we're not going after Christ, but we're being led away from Christ. God wants our focus on the person of Jesus Christ and what he's done. He just wants us simply to walk in our faith relationship with his son and then allow Christ to work in and through us. If we could go to Colossians 1, I want you to listen or look at, if you have your Bible with you, look at and listen to verses 27 and 29. This is Colossians 1. Now, notice these verses. To them, God would make known what is the glorious mystery, riches of this mystery, excuse me, among the nations. What is this glorious mystery? What is the riches here? Here it is. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. My friend, that's the focus. Christ in you. Yes, not all the things that are happening around you, and they may be overwhelming at times. What about Christ in you? And then Paul said in Colossians 1 29, in this I labor, striving according to his power, which effectually works in me. Anything that we do should be an outworking of Christ's divine life. It should flow out of us from our relationship with him. Yes. Think about this. Think about an orange tree or an apple tree or any type of fruit tree. You know, the orange tree, it's not straining and working. You know what it's doing? It's just abiding in the tree. And that is what Jesus said, did he not? He said that he is the vine and we are the branches and that we need to abide in him and that we can't do anything without him. And just as that fruit, that fruit isn't straining to be an orange. It becomes an orange because of what it is from and what it is attached to. Now, if you let that and pull that orange from that branch and that vine, that tree, what is it going to do? It's going to shrivel up and die. It's going to be, it's going to become rotten. It's going to become unfruitful. It's going to decay, isn't it? That's exactly what happens to Christians when we do not stay rooted and grounded and abide in our relationship with Jesus. See, that's what Jesus said. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you abide in me, this is what he said. Jesus said, you will bring forth fruit. So how's the fruit going in your life? Are you bearing fruit? See, I, you, and every Christian could do nothing without Jesus. 
Nothing good comes from our own effort and strength, right? But Jesus' estimate of our life living based on our performance and our effort and our programs and our production, Jesus' estimation of it is that it's nothing. And that's why we have to go back to Colossians 2.6. Paul said, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. It's not about the results that you and I can produce. It's all about the fruit that Christ bears through you. So, we're not fruit inspectors, but the truth is you know, and Christ knows, if the fruit that has been coming from you is your fruit or the fruit that Jesus provides. See, what Jesus touches and initiates is eternal. But what we do in our own power doesn't last. And so my encouragement to you is be reminded there is a focus that God wants us to have. There is a relationship that G, that God wants us to have with his son and that our focus is only on Jesus. So while Jesus has a goal, Satan also does too. And Satan wants to convince you and I that as a Christian, that our life is based on only of how well we do and how well we perform. That's not the Christ life. Your life is not based on those things at all. Your life and my life and every Christian's life is based on what Christ has done and is doing in and through you and I. Well, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for being a part of this study together. I always enjoy our time in the Word together. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Don't forget to um, hit that like button. Invite others to be a part of this study. Yep. Invite others to be a part of this. Share this link in your Facebook. Also, you can grab the shared link, right? You can just copy and paste it, put it right in your text, in your emails, and send it out to all your contacts. Let's get others encouraged to the Word of God. Let's get them rooted and grounded in the truth of God's Word. Well, as always, you are loved and you are prayed for. God bless you. Take care. Thanks for joining us today for podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Connect with Pastor Larry at podcastwithpastorlarry.com to hear weekly biblical teaching. You can always find more teaching of Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number for others. That would be Freedom Church for others. This is a listener-supported podcast. Feel free to partner with us to further our reach of the gospel to the world. If you feel led to give, please log on to PastorLarry.org. Again, thanks for connecting to podcast with Pastor Larry.